our sins, and we place them right there as we begin our message this morning, God. God, you are our amazing Father, and you sent your Son, Jesus, to die to forgive all the messes and mistakes of our life that we might start brand new. Today, Lord, help us to start brand new. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, have a seat, everybody. Good morning again. Boy, it's been about a week or so. I hope you all had a wonderful 4th of July. I know I did back in Wisconsin, back in Bratwurstland, Cheeseville, all, all that. In fact, it was interesting when we, uh, we watched the parade every year, and it's not the best parade, but it's a good parade. And in fact, I saw the coolest thing I saw on that parade was, you know what it was? Cheeseheads for Jesus. It was really <laughs> cheeseheads. It, it was a creative church that I, that I saw there. But I'm glad that uh, you all had a good 4th of July with your family and friends. And uh, one thing that I noticed, we did a lot of driving uh, this last uh, couple weeks, and maybe you have as, have as well to go see family members. And in that driving, I noticed a lot of signs. Now, we usually uh, take the UP way up because it's a beautiful way to take us. So going through Chicago. Uh, we don't do that any, any longer. But a as we're taking that, you see all the signs like, 58 miles to Escanaba. We like that part because you're like on the second part of the trip there, right? Or are signs that say rest stop. Yeah, the kids see those pretty quick, right? We've got to go, okay? A lot of different signs, especially my, my favorite one is the, you know, that sign with the big golden arches. We like to stop right there near the bridge. You guys see that? Okay. A lot of different signs out there. And, and perhaps, uh, gentlemen and, and ladies for that matter, you like that sign that says Walmart. Oh, no, advertisement there, all right? Go shopping there. A lot of different signs out there. But some of the signs that catch my attention are church signs. How many read the sign as you came in? Oh, okay, I might be the only guy out there who notices church signs, but I notice them. And the curious thing about church signs, first of all, a church sign usually says what? Messiah Lutheran Church. I know it says that out there. And usually it'll say worship times, 8, 9, 30, and 11. And then in the middle, there's some kind of really cool message. There's a lot of creative churches out there. In fact, some of the, the messages that I've seen in the middle there, and usually they're trying to draw people in, I, I would have never, ever put them on a church sign. In fact, one of the one that I'm going to share with you in a moment actually was on one of the sign, church signs here in Midland, but we read it a few of you, and they, these are kind of humorous, and they, they certainly go along with the message this morning. Well, for a church sign read this, right? Amidst all that stuff, God expects religious fruit, not relig spiritual nuts. Yeah, all right. <laughs> a bunch of nuts out in the audience today. All right. Oh, here, here's one for you. Walmart is not the only saving place. See, these are pretty creative. I like this one. This, somebody did some thinking here. Let's see if you get this one. God does not believe in atheists. Therefore, atheists do not exist. You get Oh, you got to think about that. All right. And here's one that goes with last week. I heard it was quite warm outside last week. Um, if you think it's hot here, imagine hell. All right. And a couple more for you. This one is really good. Uh, it says on the church sign, right? Free trip to heaven. Details inside. Yeah, all right. Oh, I, you know, and this one I actually saw on a sign that was going down M20. Can't remember the name of the church. How will you spend eternity, smoking or non-smoking? Yeah. And here, here, if you're, you know, having a bad day and you want to be encouraged by this particular church sign, it says, don't give up. Moses was a basket case too. 
Moses, oh, you got it. And, and you know, sometimes the messages out there are pretty, a little risky, and, and I would never put this, I, you know, these people must not expect people to come back. It says, try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, hurt me right there. My favorite one is, yeah, ooh, yeah. And my favorite one is this, forgive your, man, forgive your enemies. It messes with their heads. <laughs> and then finally, on a church sign, it says this, okay? Can you, can you see it? Okay, it says, What's missing from CH space CH? You are. That one's kind of ingenious, huh? They're looking for a response on those church signs, right? They're looking for you to take action, hopefully visit their church, right? And they, they, maybe they want indeed salvation for you. Messiah Lutheran Church is a place that we want salvation for every person that's sitting in this church. And if you have not found Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray you found him today because he's right here. And he died and rose again, and you can begin a new life even today. But the question that we're asking this morning, as those church signs are looking for a response, here it is. So how are you going to respond to God and his word today? Well... How are you going to respond to God in His Word today? Think about that. And as you think about that, turn with me to Mark chapter 4, page 709. Mark chapter 4. The question you're asking yourself, so how am I really today, this summer, uh, July the 11th, going to respond to God's Word today? What am I going to do with that? Okay, Mark chapter 1, and we're going to go through the chapter uh, there, and we'll talk about the details of it, and, and then we'll say, you know, well, then we'll ask the question, so what? What in the world does that thing that taught 2,000 years ago have to do with you and I? Mark chapter 4, uh, beginning at verse 1, okay? Uh, page 709, if you have a pew Bible. And by the way, if you didn't bring a Bible, that's great. Use the pew Bible in front of you. That Bible in front of you is yours to take home if you don't have a Bible yet. Verse 1 says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. So he taught there a lot. Okay? And the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. Nice pulpit. I think I'll try that someday. I'll preach from a boat. I've tried everything else, but you try that one, right? So Jesus has a large crowd there. He's at the lake again. He begins to preach. And then it says, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, verse 2, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, we're going to stop there for a minute. If you remember, this sermon series this summer is Come See Jesus, Go Be Jesus. And we've been in the book of Mark for all these different weeks. And, and we've heard about Jesus and his miracles, many different miracles, healing of the leper, and Jesus' association with different people. And we've heard that Jesus taught, but what in the world did he teach? Well, here Jesus teaches. And one of Jesus' favorite ways is to teach in parables. And a parable, by the way, if you've not heard what a parable is, the word is a Greek word, and it means to set alongside, okay? And what that means then, that Jesus told a story, something that was very familiar to the people, an example, so that they could learn a lesson from it, be taught something from it. So Jesus taught in parables. And when you think about parables, you probably think of some very popular ones, like the lost sheep, okay? Maybe you remember the good Samaritan, right? The guy went along the road and the Samaritan helped him. Or you remember the, the parable about the prodigal or lost son, and the father was waiting for the son who squandered his life just waiting for him. So Jesus starts with a parable. And this is a very interesting parable because it addresses how we respond to God's Word. 
which is interesting. You're talking about how we respond to God's Word, and that's the Word for the day, all right? So, parable number one. We take a look at this parable, this, this illustration that Jesus uses, and it says in verse 3, listen. Okay, are you listening? A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Wow. Verse 5, some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. And then Jesus says this. This is pretty funny. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that's it. And the people look, huh? I know I understand the planting thing. And by the way, when we look at this, this parable here, it's kind of interesting. When we think about planting today, you probably think maybe about digging in your garden, putting things in a row, or maybe things in kind of a little mound. But these guys planted a little differently. Picture this in your head. There's somebody with a bag, and there's seeds in that bag. There's no farming equipment. There's no computerized plows, anything to happen. They're just doing this. And they're shooting out seeds off of that bag on his shoulder, doing this, throwing it over here, throwing it all different places, hoping it might grow. So when Jesus tells this, this parable, and the seed lands in all kinds of different places, it wasn't a stranger to them that he should be throwing it on the path, throwing it in an area where there's weeds, throwing it on the rock, and throwing it in good soil. But here's the curious thing about the people at that time. They didn't plow it first. They went ahead, cast the seed, then they plowed it under, and then the story begins. And Jesus leaves the people there. You know, in a sermon, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, we talk about what does this mean? What does this mean for us? But Jesus flat out says, so did you get it? So did you get it? Are you listening? Really? Are you really listening? When Jesus told his parables, he taught it to different audiences of people. And as Jesus was on the boat, there's probably hundreds, thousands of people out there. There's disciples, there's rulers of the law, there's poor people, there's people with diseases. They're all gathered there, a group of various life arrangements, different people sitting here just like you. And did you get it? We should probably take a little bit further look, shouldn't we? Verse 10, all right? Turn your Bibles. What in the world does this mean for us? You remember the first question I asked you? So how are you going to respond to the Word today? How are you going to respond? Verse 10 says this, When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. So he took them aside. He didn't tell everybody the answer, just these guys, the disciples. He told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, right? So that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Does that say that God doesn't want people to go to heaven and not forgive everybody? No. But parables are sometimes for different audiences with different messages in mind. And ultimately, if we reject God, that's our choice. So Jesus talks to his disciples, and sometimes you can imagine Jesus here. He must have just got a little bit fed up. I just told you the parable. It's pretty clear to me. Why don't you get it? 
So Jesus goes on. Then Jesus said to them, verse 13, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? And then he goes and he explains the parts. And by the way, every parable only has one main point. Sometimes we want to take the Bible and say, you know, I think this over here means that, and this means that. But there's one basic point here today, and we're going to ask that in just a little while. So Jesus tells them this, verse 14, the farmer sows the seed. He doesn't say the farmer has, but the seed is the Word of God. Okay. All right, but what's the soil? Who's that? Verse 15, some people are like seed along the path. Oh, I get it. All right. So Jesus is talking about the Word of God being taught, just like I'm teaching it to you, and He's talking about how different people receive it. Believe it or not, every single one of you is receiving what I say in a different way right now. Right? Because you have a different heart. You're a different person. And people learn differently, right, as, as well. We're not going to go into all that, but you're all hearing something different, although the one word is being taught. The Holy Spirit works in different ways, and I pray indeed that the Holy Spirit continues to work as I continue to speak. Listen, Jesus said. Are you listening? Are you listening? So Jesus goes on, and he's talking about different people and how they receive the Word. You know, the question that I was asking you earlier was this, so how are you going to respond to God's Word? I think I need to ask one more question. So, this summer, today, how's the soil of your heart? You know what I mean by that? Is there growth coming from your life and your relationship with God? Or is God kind of over here and you're over here? How's the soil of your heart this summer? Summertime is a great time for, for growth outside. How many of you have gardens? Raise your hand. Okay, a lot, ooh, a lot of gardeners. Good, I'm in trouble. I, <laughs> my wife takes care of the garden. All right. A lot of gardeners out there, and you see beautiful flowers, and it's a time for growth, but what about your life with God? Is it growing? And that all depends on the soil of your heart. Jesus goes ahead and he says, you know what? Different people hear the word of God in different ways, and here's some way and how they receive it. So we take a look at these continuing verses here. Jesus goes on, verse 15, some people are like seed, remember the word of God is the seed, along the path that was sown in them. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Are you that? You know, we look at that and say, well, no, I'm in church. Obviously not. I don't just reject the Word of God. I don't say, you know, that Jesus thing, I really don't need any part of that. But I have to ask you, is that right? I think we do that sometimes. I think we do exactly that and say, you know what? I got to do this today. God's Word over here. No, no, I don't need to hear that today. But dear friends, this is our people who have, who have rejected God's Word. And I know because this is a large audience, it, maybe it's you. That you've heard people talk in church before and say, you know what, that's just about church. That's not about me, and I don't have any use for this Word. Yeah, I'll sit here. I've come with a friend. How's the condition of the soil of your heart, dear brother, dear sister? God would have it that your heart and your soil of your heart is a good soil. We're going to talk about a life that's growing with him, that knows him very well. But how's the soil of your heart? Has the devil snatched the word already? In fact, in the last 10 minutes I've been talking. How's the condition of the soil of your heart? Perhaps you like the next person that Jesus describes as he's trying to teach the disciples a lesson on how people receive the word of God. Verse 16, others like seeds sown on rocky places. Hear the word at once and receive it with joy. 
But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Do you remember when you first became a Christian? Well, maybe you don't because you were a child and you are baptized. But when you first became a Christian and you, you heard about God's word, or maybe it was a time that was really special for your life, and you and God were tight. Remember how excited you were? Remember that? You, know, you were just on fire for the Lord, and you were ready to serve, and you were ready to jump in that Bible, and you're singing God's praise, but how's it, how's it today? Is it kind of back to life as normal? How's the condition of the soil of your heart? Jesus said the second soil is people who are all excited about the word. And when trouble comes their way, I don't know, a broken marriage, bad relationship with your kids, the finances tank, you lose your job, where are you? Perhaps you're right there. And you know this as well, the word of God is a word of hope as well, a word of life and a word of forgiveness. How's the condition of your heart this summer? Is there growth happening? Jesus talks about the example there. Of course, the person receives it with joy, and there's no growth. And as you think about soil, sometimes there's a little bit of soil on rocks there in Israel, and, and the plant is sown. It begins to grow really quick, but it can't. As it comes to the rocks there, it hits it. The roots aren't set in. It can't grow, and it dies. What's your relationship with God like today? Turn with me to Psalm 1-1, if you, if you would. Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1-1, and, and the page number I think should show up uh, on the screen in just a second there. Psalm 1, this, uh, the gentleman said that we would go ahead and, and put the page number up there. Psalm 1-1, Old Testament, says this. It talks about people who are close with God and in, in His Word and letting that seed grow. Psalm 1-1, I guess not. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man, Psalm 1-1, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight, his light is what? Is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The person who is in God's word, the person who is close to God, he's what? He's blessed. Perhaps you're blessed because you're following God's direction for your life, not yours. How's the condition of your heart? today, this summer? Are, are you like that deeply rooted person who, when the troubles come in your life, you know that it's hard, but God's there. And by, by the way, I know there are many of you who are in that place, and the Bible says that God is with you always. He will never leave you, never forsake you. It's written right there. Your friends, how's the condition of your heart? God wants us to put down roots, and we're going to have you turn a little bit further, all the way to the New Testament now, to Colossians chapter 2. And if you don't want to turn with me and you just want to listen to the verses, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Colossians 2, verse 6. There it is, page 834. Colossians 2, verse 6. God wants His relationship with us to be a deeply rooted one. Verse 6 says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord that first day, right? Continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, rooted in God's Word, in God, in your relationship with Him. God desires and has designed it to be just like that. How's your relationship with God today? Is it deeply rooted? You know how you can tell a soil that's healthy? We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. You know how you can tell, right? There's stuff growing in it, right? There's stuff, good stuff, not weeds, which we need to talk about in a minute. Is there growth happening in your life with God? 
Or does your life look like it looked three months ago, a year ago? And maybe these are hard words to hear, but God's challenging us today to heed his word. He said, everyone who has ears to hear, listen. God wants something for you, more for you, to bless you when you meditate on his word day and night. What is the condition of your heart this summer? You have to work at it, don't you? You know, I can do something. I know you guys are going to be really excited about this, okay? And you probably saw me do it over there. And, and I haven't been able to do this for like three months. Like, and I'm just, in fact, I'm giddy about this today to the position I've got. And, if, and, if, and here it is. You guys ready? I can do this. <laughs> Without pain. If you don't know, I had rotator cuff surgery, and I'm, I'm in physical therapy right now. But it takes a lot of work to get the arm just up to here. It really does. And to clap, it's an amazing gift. You know what a good a gift it is to be in this place, worshiping God together as a faith family, lifting our hands, can't lift this one, can lift this one, clapping to Jesus, it's pretty exciting. I'm just a little excited today, but it takes work. You know, sometimes we think our faith in God is like a refrigerator. You know what I mean, right? This is like my son stepping up to the refrigerator, okay? And it's summertime, he has nothing to do. He opens up the refrigerator and he looks inside. Nah, there's nothing there I want. Closes it. Okay, about five minutes later, he opens up the refrigerator. Still the same. Do you expect anything to change, right? He opens the refrigerator. I'm still not finding that cheeseburger, Dad. Yeah, no kidding you're not finding this. Why don't you go to the store or something? Sometimes we think our faith is like a refrigerator. It's, it's not. You have to put something in there, don't you, for it to be new to have something to eat. I have a question for you. Would you ever stop feeding your kids? No. Have you stopped eating? Oh, some of us are trying a little bit here. Yeah, 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 Steve, I know about it, yeah. And your garden, would you leave it for two or three weeks and no rain? Would you do that? I know this is challenging to hear, dear friends. But this place where you're at, I know Pastor Ed spoke about, indeed, it's a time to reach out and we're going to talk about, but you need to be here. And if it's not here, in another place of worship. When you became a Christian, you became a part of a body, okay, a family. And Messiah, here we call it a faith family. We're all family here. Dysfunctional sometimes, but we're a family. Forgiven family, right? And when you become a part of a family, you participate in the family. And when you're part of a family, you build one another up. In fact, the Bible talks about that. Hebrews chapter 10 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Why? So that we may encourage one another because the day is fast approaching. That's why you're here for everybody else. You need the encouragement. I need the encouragement. We need to hear the Word of God. We need each other. How's the condition of your heart this summer? Are you growing? Jesus also talks about the weeds. Turn back with me to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to stay there. He talks about the weeds that sometimes choke us out, choke out our, the Word of God from making any impact in our life. What does Jesus say? Uh, he says, uh, verse 18, Still others like seeds sown among the thorns hear the Word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the Word, making it unfruitful. Perhaps the Word has been choked in you. Your relationship with God's been choked out. And you know, it's pretty easy during the summer to kind of just glide, isn't it? I've been gliding just a little bit. And you're not in the Word, and you're not in God's house, and you're not in prayer. How's that going for you? How's it going for you? 
The weeds come in, they choke you out. I don't know, is it your job that's choking your relationship with God, that's choking you? Yeah. Is, is it a relationship with uh, somebody who is poisoning your life? Is what's going on in your life, dear brother, dear sister? What is it that's choking it out? And sometimes a vacation can choke out God. Vacations are amazing, they're fun, and go on them. We were on one. But when you're gone, make sure you're with Jesus every day in His Word. By the way, that's the challenge today. Five minutes, okay? Everybody do that? Five minutes a day in this thing called the Bible, hearing God's voice, His Word of truth to you. Three minutes in prayer, oh, whatever it is, every day, coming to God's house once a week, being there and being in a close relationship with God. And you heard these things before. They're all Captain Obvious. Sometimes we need to hear them. Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus wants us to have good soil. You know what I see out here today? A lot of smiley faces, so that's good. And you didn't fall asleep yet. That's good, all right? That's good. I see an amazing field. I do. I see a field of, I see a field that's blessed, really blessed. I see a field out here in all of you, a lot of gifts. I don't mean cash, I mean talents. I see a lot of people with experience sitting in these pews this morning. You know what I see? I see a field of dreams. Amazing, not a baseball field, although that was pretty cool. A field of dreams is sitting right here. But that field of dreams can only be a big field of dreams if indeed the Word of God is growing in you. That it's, it's in fact that the Word of God is not just filling you up. And you can know this, dear friends, if, if this is hitting you in the terms of the law this morning, know indeed that our, your sins are forgiven. We all mess up, don't we? But that's why Jesus leads us to the cross back again, so that our sins can be, sins can be forgiven and we can know that God loves us. That's what that book says, so that you might have eternal life and you might share that eternal life with others. What does Jesus say about the good soil? He says this in the last verse, verse 20. Others like seeds sown on good soil, what do they do? They hear the word. Okay, you heard it. Okay, they accept it. Do you receive it? Okay, do you receive the word of God? And they produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what is sown. There's an opportunity this summer to take that beautiful garden you've got and spread some seed somewhere else. How's the condition of your heart this summer? What's God asking you to do in your life? Well, you're never going to know unless you hear him speak to you. Hear him speak to you. No, hear him speak to you. He's speaking right now. Hear him speak to you. There's a field of dreams right here. A lot of opportunity. And God wants you to share the good news that you heard with somebody else. Yesterday, a group of uh, people and myself got to uh, head down to Pontiac. And uh, Pontiac, as you know, has become pretty uh, depressed down there with a lot of the jobs that, that are missing and things going on there. And, and so what we did was, is we take a group of people out there, and by the way, we, we head out to Pontiac. How many of you have been to Pontiac for helping out at the church there, at the church? It's at St. Paul's uh, Lutheran, and in the middle of uh, a lot of uh, some poverty and people losing their jobs and the crime and violence, there's a little light there church called St. Paul's. Yesterday, we headed out there for, a, they just offered a barbecue to the community and had music. We brought a bunch of our dancers here for Messiah. By the way, we are so blessed here at Messiah. Oh, my goodness. 
You know, have you ever been to a church where they don't have air conditioning? They don't have air conditioning. You guys are pretty comfortable this morning. You ever been to a church where they don't have heat in the winter and you have to have hand out blankets to people as they walk in? This church needs to do that, but they keep on going. Ever been to a church that doesn't have a big old budget like we do? Ever been to one of those places where it's only just the pastor and his loving wife who make the church happen? Those are great places, and right there in Pontiac are one of those. But we went out there to, to kind of to serve the people there, and we had a great day. A lot of great things went, went on. But a man saw a sign two days before. Yeah, we're coming for a full circle. He saw a sign out on the church lawn that said, free barbecue Saturday, 12 to 5. And so as we were enjoying the, the barbecue there, uh, and everybody was hanging out, the man shows up. He shows up, and he's there with a little boy, curious. He's there with a two-year-old. There's, it could have been a single dad. In fact, turns out he was. And after he enjoyed the, the day with us, we're just hanging out and serving and trying to be humble servants. Uh, the church there also gives out day-old bread to people, right? They, they, from Costco, gives them the leftover bread. And so every Sunday, they send people home with food because there's not a lot, of, a lot of food there. And by the way, I'm sharing this so that you might be a part of this as well. And so the gentleman's got all this, this they want to give him all this food to take home for his, his son. But he's, you know what, I can't take it because, you know what, my two-year-old son and I, we walked here two miles. We can't take this home. So one of the guys said, okay, we'll give you a ride. And as he took him home, he found out a little bit more about the man. He found out that his wife had just died. He found out that the man had lived a life that really wasn't too pleasing to God. In fact, a life of crime. Learned that the man had been shot three times. Three times in that life of crime. But he walked two miles with his son, and I don't think he was coming for hot dogs. No, a seed was planted, a church sign. And when he showed up there, what did he receive? Love, compassion, people helping. And you know what he said as he got out of that car? I'll be back. I'll be back. So what's God calling you this summer, dear friend? How's the condition of the soul of your heart? Is that relationship with Jesus tight? Is it growing? And are you ready indeed? I don't know what God is asking you. Maybe he's saying, get over to your neighbor. Help them out. Is that what God's asking you to do? Is he saying, you know what? That relationship with your children, that's supposed to be better. Are you doing that? Spending more time with them and bringing them up as a godly family? Are you doing that? What is God asking you this summer? He's asking you to respond. That's why Jesus told parables. How are you going to respond to the word? Are you going to say, thank you, God, and walk out and say, you know what? I don't need Jesus this week. Oh, I pray that it grows. I pray that it grows, and it grows, and it grows. And if you, dear friend, I said this before, have not met Jesus Christ yet, meet him today. Meet him today. Know that he's your Savior too. And God loves you so much that he gave his life for you so that you could continue to grow. And I know it's all Captain Obvious stuff, and that's what I usually say. Sometimes you need to hear it. And all God's people ready to get out there and sow some seeds, say, amen. Amen. Well, we want to do some sowing of seeds.